Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Hi, good evening everyone and welcome to Word Up. Um, my name's Ian, I'm pastor here at Bright City Church and I'm joined by Pastor Akin, uh, one of our leaders here at the church and we're going through our study of the Gospel of Mark and uh, it's lovely to have you back. We've been on an Easter break uh, last week but we're back into it. We've managed to get through the first chapter and now we're, we're starting in chapter two. How are you doing, Pastor Akin? Lovely to have you with us. Well, hi there, Pastor Ian. It's great to be back. Um, very well, thank you. I hope you've had a good rest as well. Yes, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Have a nice break. Great. Well, Word Up, it's um, about, you know, coming under the Word of God, the living, active Word of God. And we um, let's pray before we, we start into it. Lord, we thank you for your Word. Thank you for the gift of your Word and Lord, we ask you now, by your Holy Spirit, bring this word to life and speak to each person connected, either now on Facebook or on the podcast, Lord, and reveal something new, something of yourself, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Great. So picking up on chapter two, I'm going to read out um, a few verses and then we'll start to study. Uh, we're picking up the story anyway. We, we heard how, you know, Jesus came on the scene and he then, after going to the synagogue in Capernaum, he went to, to um, Simon and Andrew's house. He healed uh, Peter's mum, didn't he? And yes, then, right. you know, he was healing many who came there. And then he said, I have to go to the other villages, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. And off he went. And then he, on the way, he healed the man of leprosy. And that's where we've got to. And then here we're picking it up after that. So it says, verse 1, chapter 2. <clears throat> A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered there that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat, the paralysed man, was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sons, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk? 
but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. So that's uh, the first 12 verses and I think we'll... We'll stop there and look at the detail and um, see if we can go further afterwards. But great. OK, so we've said before that, you know, Mark's account is continuing. And, it, and it's we, we've heard as well from the teaching that he's really relaying what was told him by Peter, who was the, you know, the disciple present in all of these things and then had had got Mark to to write down the story for him. And we, we know, you know, it's continuous action. We have, you know, immediately and then this happened, that happened. And then we, we have the same here. A few days later mm-hmm. and Jesus again entered Capernaum. So we're back in Capernaum where he had, you know, healed Simon's, uh, Peter's mum. And where, you know, he began all the healing works there. And, and of course, everyone heard and crowded round, crowded in. It says so many were there. There was no room inside. So you, you imagine the house is cram-packed with people. And it's not, not even outside. You get this picture of them all cramming outside, leaning through the door to, to listen to this man. And he, it says he preached the word to them. Any comment on the, the first kind of scene as the scene is set, Pastor Akin? Yes. What's your thoughts so yes. far? So, um, yes, thank you, Pastor. I, I mean, just look, looking at those first few um, verses that you, you just mentioned there, I mean, the thing that just stands, stands out to me is that, um, you know, with all the, the attention, all the crowds gathered, what, what Jesus is, he's, he's so focused on his mission, isn't he? Because he had said, we read earlier in... in um, in chapter one that he said that you know when the, the disciples came to him and they were like well let's go here and he was like look let's go we need to go to, to the other villages to the other places because i need to go and preach the word to them as well and um you know when he comes back to capernaum as you said and the crowds are gathered everybody's there you can't get standing room only as they say even yeah. outside and it's like the first thing that he does is like he says he's preaching the word to them yeah. And, um, you yeah. know, I, I want one of the, the, the online commentaries that I was reading, they were they were again just emphasizing the fact that Jesus, was, he, was, he, he was so focused on his mission yeah. and he was never distracted from that mission. So where, wherever he went, everything that he was doing, it was all in line with that mission that he had come to preach the word of God. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. He says that he went because I was actually looking at that when he says that he mm. preached the word to them. And I was wondering, so what, what word did he preach? I mean, yeah. Mark doesn't go into the detail, no. you know, like the Sermon on the Mount where you can yes. get the full speech of what he said. But it was like when he said that he preached the mm. word to them and he was the like, word, yeah. Jesus himself was the word. So I was yeah. thinking about that and I was thinking to myself, what was he actually talking to them about? And I and I just thinking about, um, you know, the, the, the occasion with Mary and Martha, where yeah. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and she was listening mm. to what he said. And he said, you know, that part which he's been given will not be taken away from her. And I just keep getting the, it's not clear, it doesn't say here in, no. in, 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 in this account, but that word, I, I keep seeing the word is, it's the it's Jesus telling them about the, the kingdom of God. He's telling them about himself. He's yeah. telling them about who the Father is. He's telling them about how much God loves the people and what God's. I, that's how I see that when he was preaching the word, and that was what I think was so captivating for the crowd was that here was somebody that was connecting them with God. 
You know, it wasn't like he wasn't tweeting any abstract teaching or telling them about how they have to you know, follow some laws and some rules and some regulations. And I feel that that, that was what captivated the crowds. That this was it was like he actually understood what they were going through. He knew what their greatest needs were and everything that he was saying was was actually, you know, it was it was hitting, if, if you like, the, the nail on the head. He was touching the issues of their hearts. And yes, that was why I yes. believe that the crowds followed him everywhere that he went. That yeah. word that he was preaching, it was a real word. It was a living word. And it mm. meant a lot to them. Because people yes. wouldn't follow someone who's saying things that doesn't, you know, it doesn't relate That's to right. or they find boring or they, that they can't connect with. They wouldn't keep following him around if, 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 if right. those were the sort of things that he was talking about. So yeah. that when he says the word, it really like hit me that, you know, even as, as the church today, that um, we need to seek God for that word that will, will touch the hearts of people, you know, that word that will minister to people, that word that will keep them wanting to come back for more, not because they want to come necessarily to the church, but because they need to have that connection with God. And I think that's what Jesus Christ came to do. He came to connect people to their God. Yeah. What a home group that would have been. Hey, what, what teaching. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What, uh, wow. Yeah. And then, so verse three, it says, then some men came bringing to him a paralytic, um, must, you know, what one imagines it was a friend of theirs um, because they were so determined to get this man to Jesus. Wow. I mean, to have a friend like that. Uh, isn't that amazing? And, and, and they, you know, when they couldn't get through the crowds, they, we, we, we know that the crowds were all around the door. So they couldn't even get to the door, couldn't get through to Jesus. But they didn't give up. They, they actually broke away the roof. And when you think of, you know, those roofs, they, okay, they weren't like modern roofs, but they must have been pretty strong, pretty substantial. And to break it enough, to make a hole big enough for, you know, four men at least and lowering a fully grown paralyzed man through on a map. I mean, this is an incredible event, isn't it? And, and um says something um there's there's a lot in here but um what what are your what are your impressions on this one that one yes <laughs> i mean it's like again i was i was i was reading a, a commentary and one of the things that really stood out there he was saying that these men that like you said the four of them it's it's, it's one thing to have one friend who you think is really for you but then to have two to have three to have four it, it's it's quite it's quite a picture of um of, of, of you know like uh, uh, of, of the the challenge that you sometimes face with unity because sometimes yeah you know the more people the more opinions they are the more yeah. difficult it is to get a consensus so to actually have four of them saying right we're, we're all going to do this and they all had yeah. that faith to like you said lift this man and i understand that the houses in those days they would have had some a staircase on the outside of the house yeah so that's how they would have been able to access the roof so they, they, yes. they were actually to lift this man up to the roof you know like you said break the roof and um in this commentary, I was reading, but they were saying these men had such great faith that because you know to, to lower the man into into the house was one thing, but you know they had such great faith that he was going to walk out on his own because otherwise they would have to have lifted him. <laughs> they would have to have, <laughs> if he wasn't healed, they would have to have hoisted him back up again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. But, yes, I never thought but, of that. Well, just thinking the thing about the the, the, the the thing here that stands. I know we haven't got to you, but he said that Jesus said he saw their faith. Yes. And yeah. um, you know, that was something that just really jumped out at me that faith yeah. is something that God sees. Yes. You know, it's not yeah. something that's hidden. God can actually see, um, you know, when we have faith in him, when we have faith in his word, when we trust him, when mm. we believe him for something, God actually sees it. And that, yeah. that really, yeah. again, that really struck me that, that, you know, faith isn't something abstract as well. It's yeah. something yeah. real that yes. God can see. And he saw the faith that these four men had uh, on behalf of their friend. I think. Like you said, but is the fact that you know, they I don't know about the man himself. It doesn't say 
whether he had faith or whether he had any involvement right. in this discussion or in this plan. It doesn't say, it doesn't say anything, but it's talking about the, you just saw, you know, the faith of those four friends. And, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's an encouragement for us, I believe, as well, that sometimes, you know, we might have, um, you know, brothers and sisters, you know, people that we know, even people that even don't know the Lord yet. Yeah. And they may not have faith in, in the Lord, may not have That's faith fine. in his word, they may not even know him. But <clears> it's <throat> like God will honor our faith that we might have on their behalf, if you like. Mm. So um, even when it comes to things like salvation, they may not know the Lord. But I mean, if we have faith to believe that, Lord, you know, your word says that when I believe me and my household, we will be saved. Yeah. You know, that, um, you know, the Lord, when he sees that faith, he acts mm. on our behalf to to reach out to them. So um, yes. you know, that was a, a, an encouragement and a challenge that we see from this as well. Absolutely. Yes, it's good. You know, faith looks like something, doesn't it? He saw it. And, and you know, faith was that. It was they were so determined to get to Jesus, to get something from Jesus. Well, it was to get their friend to Jesus in this case that they they, they went through and past all the sort of social norms, if you like. Presumably, you know, it wasn't normal. It wasn't acceptable, really, to, to break someone's roof open, you know, and, and presumably there'd be considerable damage. But they they were so kind of desperate to get help from God that they push forward um, through these things. And, and, and that's what faith looks like. It's, it's determined. It's, it will stop at nothing kind of thing. It, it actually you know, has a characteristic. And, and God responds to faith like that. And, and yeah, as you're saying, you know, goodness, we can have faith for others who don't have faith. And even the Bible says elsewhere, you know, when another faith is, another's faith is weak, we can help them. We can come alongside them. We can pray with them. We can pray to see them, you know, strengthened, encouraged. We can pray to see their faith actually, you know, restored. Um, brilliant. So we see the power of even the faith of a friend and someone, you know, our faith for others. And Jesus saw it and, and he did, you know, he responded, Jesus. Now, the response is very interesting here. So... You know, everyone's hoping, the friends are hoping he's going to heal our friend. And he says, son, your sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. um, when you think of, well, he addresses him as son as well. Uh, yes. You've got that intimate address. And then saying, your, sin, your sins are forgiven. Um, you know, I wonder if, you know, imagine you're the, you're the paralyzed man. You've been lowered and you're, you're hoping to be set free from this um, paralyzed paralyzed condition and the guy says okay your sins are forgiven what what would you feel what would you think um <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah i know that that's what it's, it's like um, you know the scene like you said this the scene has been set here and the friends mm. have lowered him i think it's interesting because he said you know the lord said that he saw their faith but mm. when he wants to you know to um if you like to to act, he then addresses the, um, the the paralyzed man. He doesn't address the friends. He doesn't say, "Friends, you know, you've done well. You've brought your friend here. I see your faith." He, he, he almost, in one sense, he just forgets about this. Right? These guys have got faith. 
So maybe I need to address the, the man himself. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he doesn't have faith. I don't know, maybe, I don't know what the situation that he's in. So he addresses him directly. Like you said, it uses that word son, that intimacy, you know, that mm -hmm. relationship, it's coming through again. And, um, you know, it, it's funny how you can see how people's reaction would be. Like maybe the guys in the roof would be thinking, so, oh, no, he doesn't need his sins forgiven. He needs to be healed because we're not going to lift him up out of this, from this roof again. And yeah. like you said, the man whose roof has been damaged is like, you know, just heal this man so he can, he can walk out. I don't want those guys pulling him back up the roof again. To heal him so he can mend my roof. <laughs> <laughs> So there's all there's all there's all these sort of um, yeah. you know the, the, if you like reactions and um, when, when he says that you know son your your sins are forgiven you know there were there was something there that um, I was, again I was reading the comment and if you don't if you don't mind it's just a sentence I would like to read here please that um, you know that when Jesus sees that um, you know he always goes to the root of a, a cause of a problem yeah mm. and um, he said that he was addressing a, a, an issue here that. Um, it's all about, you know, yes, of course, the man needed a physical healing, but what he needed more than that, he said, was um, mm -hmm. forgiveness. And, yeah. and what this, uh, this is a commentary, someone called um, uh, Wearsby, and he says this, he says, forgiveness is the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performs. Yeah. He says it meets the greatest need. Yeah. It costs the greatest price. Yeah. And it brings the greatest blessing and the most lasting results yes you know and um so he, he says that you know jesus goes straight to the issue and it's, it's funny because later on he says something along the lines of what would he have been benefited the man if he had been healed and mm. he still hadn't received forgiveness of his sins and then he had gone on with his life and died and gone to hell so what was the what would have been the point of that but that jesus comes straight to this issue of forgiveness you know having yeah. been reconciled to the father in him and that's the most important thing yes and, and uh, so he deals with that he goes straight to that first and i'll let you lead on the what the reaction is from the pharisees but that was just the point that this commentator yeah. was bringing out that yes. you know miracles you know signs and wonders they all point mm. to jesus but the most important thing like jesus himself said he's come to bring core sinners to repentance he wants the yeah. that relationship with the heavenly father he said to him son you know he speaks that word over his life you know before he has got to the point of receiving the forgiveness of his sin but you know that's what jesus christ came for that's why he died on the cross yes, is to yes. re reconcile us all yes. back to the father for us to have that relationship yeah. with the father and to do that we have to acknowledge that we've sinned you know that's behold the, the lamb of god who yes. takes away yes. the sin of exactly. the world the sin of the world that's that's true yeah yes. and to and to actually you know restore the world restore creation even you know that is under the curse of through sin of 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 death the curse of death and and we know that sickness and death and disease are the result of sin and perhaps even this man's um particular condition you know uh, we know that our or everything that we go through and the problems in life are the result of, you know, this broken world and sinful world and sins in our generations that, that you know, passed down. And, and um, you know, this could be the case with this chap. It could be that actual sin in his life has brought around the particular problem that he's suffering with. And, and even in, in life, I mean, even in the, the kind of the natural sense, I've been in the medical profession, you know, as, as, a, as a nurse, nursing all, all around. And you can see the results of, well, we can say lifestyles, sinful lifestyles that bring, you know, problems and conditions. Even attitudes can bring, you know, sort of, we know there's even research has shown that things like unforgiveness and, um, you know, bitter attitudes bring 
um, health problems and stress. And uh, and I've seen, you know, the, the kind of, it's a bit of a caricature, but, you know, a bitter person, you know, in old age is continually bitter and spitting out sort of um, hatred towards people. They tend to, you know, be all gnarled up and, you know, what are you looking at? You know, and, and I've seen these kind of folks who have really um, been affected by the sins, the sinful life, if you like. So, yeah, the core of the problem is is the, the sin and our place with God. And so Jesus was dealing with that. Absolutely. Well said. And then um, the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, hang on a minute. You know, who does this guy think he is? That is blasphemy. Nobody can forgive sins except God alone. So which is true. And um, and so here Jesus was revealing himself as the son of God, the Messiah, God come in the flesh, because only God can forgive sins. We can forgive people who've hurt us, but we can't say your sins are forgiven. Uh, only God can forgive sins. And, and that's why Jesus came to pay the price for our sins. Interestingly, um, you know, you have in some, even what I say, denominations or some parts of the Christian faith where, you know, you have the minister absolving people of their sins. But it's, it's only through our relationship with Jesus Christ through faith, through receiving the forgiveness of sins ourselves, that our sins are forgiven. We can't, um, we can't impute that onto anyone else. That's Wouldn't you say so? That's correct, yes. Yeah. I know that that's, um, you know, many accounts, when we look at the, the, the Pharisees, you know, we, 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 we look at them and we think, oh, no, they were religious sect, they didn't know the law. Mm. But on this particular occasion, they, they were 100% correct. Yeah. And they made that statement that, that only God can forgive sins you know it's, it's, it's one of those if you like rare occasions where they're making a statement that is, is actually the truth yeah and um you know i know obviously on the basis on which they were making they were trying to disprove that jesus christ was was god but the statement in itself is true you know that you've rightly said it's, it's only god who can yeah. forgive sins he's the only righteous judge and and these religious people religious leaders they were there the the son of god was revealing himself right before their eyes and yet in their hardness of hearts, you know, and like you said, they've even from their own lips have, have testified, goodness me, only, only God can forgive sins. Now, Jesus goes on to, if you like, authenticate that by, then he says, you know, what is easier for me to do? Is it to say your sins are forgiven or is it to say, get up, take your mat and walk? And it's an interesting play on that because in one sense, it's easier to say something, isn't it? Yes. Like, and it's easier to say anything, but to have the authority and the power to to heal the sick. You know, only God can can do that. And, and even he, he allows us to do that through him and uh, gives us that authority. But it's only God who can can heal in that way. And so he's playing on the words. What's easier to do? <laughs> say this or say that. And he says, get up, take your mat and walk. You know, but that you may know the Son of Man. There again, he's saying, yes. hey, this is, I am the Son of Man. They would understand what that meant. You know, has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. And he got up. He took his mat. So there it says, in full view of them, 
You know, this wasn't hidden. This wasn't uh, something they'd heard. It was in full view of everyone. The, the sinners, the tax collectors, the, the people who'd gathered there, um, all of the crowds and the religious leaders. And, and it says the, this amazed everyone. They praised God. We've, we've never seen anything like this. And yet we know that the religious leaders, the ones, the very ones who should have said, wow, the Messiah has come. Yet they hardened their hearts and, and you know, began to, you know, murmur, began to plot, began to hate the one who had come, the one who was doing these. How can you hate someone and oppose someone who is going around only doing good, only setting people free? And I, I just want to also draw our attention to, to um, the statement where it says in verse 8, immediately Jesus knew what they were thinking in their hearts. Mm. You know, he, he knew, God knows, God knows, Jesus knows what we're thinking all the time. And interestingly, you know, if you like, our rebellion and our sinful ways, you know, begin in the thought life, begin, and, and, and we need to be careful, be aware, nip these things in the bud. You know, that's where, that's where, if you like, the rebellion against God begins. We know this is starting already in the Pharisees and the, and the teachers. They were thinking, you know, who is this man think he is? And, and, and it was starting. Then later on, they would even start to verbalize their, um, you know, and give words to their thoughts. And when they would go up to the disciples and say, why is he doing this? And why is he doing that? And then eventually they would that would, would lead to plotting and actions that would, you know, murderous actions. And this is how, but um, Jesus knows right from the very beginning, you know, why are you thinking these things? Interestingly, he also challenges them. He doesn't know what they're thinking and say, hmm, yeah, I know what those guys are thinking, but I'm, I'll leave it. I won't say anything. But he, I think, you know, it shows, I believe even his, not only challenging, but compassion, maybe saying, look, you know, this is what you're thinking, but but don't think that, you know, look, let me show you who I am. Let me prove to you. Let me do this. So, yeah, quite a, quite a bit there about. Um, Absolutely. I, I think, Pastor, just, so just, just to follow what you're saying, there, it's, it's this issue, and I think it's very, um, it's very important for us as, as Christians to some to I think when we when we sometimes look especially I think when I first became a Christian when I used to mm. read the Gospels I always like saw you know the Pharisees and the, the religious people of that time it was like you know these people are not um, it was almost in one sense I was looking at them as though they were they were well they weren't they were non-believers because they didn't believe in Jesus but you know sometimes we have to be we have to be careful to try not to um, if you like put ourselves in that position where we're judging them. Because yeah. in, in some respects, we are, especially if we've been Christians for a long time, we can yes. begin to develop the same sort of attitudes that they were developing. Good. In the sense that, you know, I, I was reading, you know, we're, we're going to come on to this, the commentary mm. where, you know, that um, the Pharisees were, in fact, I think their very name, the sect, it means separated or to be separated yes. from. Yeah. And what they tended to do was that if they felt anything was unholy or ungodly, they would separate themselves from that, mm -hmm. which is the sort of thing that as Christians we would do as well. Yeah. But I believe that in some way, somewhere along the line, they, they began to lose that. Um, and, I, and I always I just feel that it's just like this, that it's like that living relationship that Jesus Christ died for us to have with the father. They, they didn't have that. 
And so they began to develop their own rules, their own regulations, that begin to put their own, um, if you like, their own spin, even on, on the law of Moses, on the Old Testament. So that even when Jesus came and he was explaining to them and said, look, this is what this really means. This is what this really means. Is, yeah. They, they, they said their hearts were so hardened, they were so much steeped in their own tradition that they mm. couldn't see, you know, the, the reality. They couldn't see, not the reality, the truth that was before them. Yes. And as Christians, it's important that we, mm. like you've rightly said there about our thought life, you know, it's like Jesus, when even when he challenges in our thought life, he, he doesn't come to, um, if you like, take our wills over, but he would, would challenge us. Mm. So it's a bit like, you know, when we had Cain and Abel at the beginning of time, when, when the Lord challenges Cain, when he sees the way that when he's... Um, you know, his offering is rejected. And he says, Lord says to him straight away, you know, you know, why has your continence fallen? And he says, you know, sin is lurking at the door. But he gives him some advice. He said, if you yeah. do well, you will also be accepted. Mm -hmm. But he didn't interfere with Cain's, um, if you like, his will. But he did point out, that, look, what you're going down, like you rightly said, you, that, that those thoughts that you have, they're going to take you down the wrong pathway, but you need to control them. But uh, unfortunately, Cain ignored the Lord's advice and he still went on and did what he was going to do. But he started with his thoughts, first of all. You mm. know, the thoughts, whether it was rejection or anger, whatever it is, and mm. it eventually led to him murdering his brother. So I believe as, as Christians, I, we, know, we need to come to that place where you know, we have that time when the Lord questions us and our thoughts, you know, questions us and our motivation. Why are we doing things? Why are we not doing things? That we should take those, those things very seriously because um, there's an opportunity for us so if we take the Lord's counsel, we can move away from those negative thoughts, those yeah. bad thoughts, the ill will, you know, it's unforgiveness, so it's taking yes. offense, you know, all those yes. sort of things. Yes. Yes. And that we can we can come back to, you know, following the, the you know, the advice and the counsel of God. Yes. So like you said, you know, these um these Pharisees, Sadducees and scribes, you know, they were the religious leaders of the day and religious people. And, um, you know, and Jesus was very clear he said and he was saying it to all of us and all believers beware the yeast of the pharisees beware you too could go down that road of 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 being so separate so kind of um so self-centered you know thinking only that you you miss the wood for the trees you miss the whole reason why i have come for the sick, for the lost, for sinners. And I'm inviting you to help me in that now as, as, as Christians, you know. But we can, there's, there's, if you like, there's a spectrum of, you know, do not be of the world, but be in the world, you know, or, or be in the world, but not of the world. And if we're not careful, we can separate ourselves so far from the things of the world, the people of the world, that we can't relate to the world, we can't connect to them with his love. And, and you know, we see here Jesus, he was definitely not of the world, but he was there, the, 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 the world, the people of the world loved him because he, he loved them, he had compassion on them. He was determined to be with them, to connect with them, wasn't we? You know, if our, in our self-righteous religious attitudes that are, Often additions that aren't even in the, the word of God that you're talking about, that, that, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees added to God's ways. Uh, but, but we can do the same and we can start even with our, the way that we, we live, the way that we express ourselves, the way that we worship can become so kind of formalized, so, um, you know, uh, set in our ways, so separate as well with the, the, the things of the world that you know we, we, we can be um, we can lose our mission 
You know, you, you talked about Jesus, you know, had his eyes always on the mission and, and he, he stayed focused on it. And, and we're called to, to be co-workers in that mission today, to be his light in the world. You know, Bright City Church shining brightly in the world. We need to take on board what's what's being said here um, about, you, you know, being in the world, with the world, not of the world, mind um, so interesting, yeah, great. Let's uh, let's carry on. Uh, so we, we've never seen. All right, let's pick up now um, from verse thirteen. So I'm just going to read through a few verses there. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus. Sitting at the tax collector's booth, follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with the tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So um, again, this is really, you know, carrying on and what we were talking about there. But let's um, pick up, first of all, we've got the call there of Matthew and uh, here he's, he's um, referred to, uh, his Hebrew Jewish name, Levi, son of Alphaeus, um, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Now, many of you will know listening to this, but uh, for those of you who don't know, you know, the, the tax collectors, they were employed by the Romans, the occupying force. And in a commentary I was reading, it was David Pawson commentary, you know, he, he, he likened it. This was a, you know, a more um, recent kind of example of when the, the Germans uh, invaded, you know, Europe, a lot of Western Europe and uh, France and, and Holland and Poland, you know, they... They got the collaborators to, you know, to collect taxes, to do their work, to do their official work. Uh, and they were really, you know, considered as traitors because, you know, they were they were pulling in the money that, that, that required for the Third Reich at the time, um, you know, and, and they were despised by the local population because, you know, not only were they... Um, exhorting money from people and you know stealing taking much more but they were traitors to their own people and it's exactly the same here you know the tax collectors of this time the the the, the were, were, were Jewish people and but they were they were tra considered as traitors and therefore really outcast by the community hated really um, as as traitors often are and um, and so we got here, you know, Levi, Matthew, called by Jesus. Wow. So he calls a traitor to the very people, Jesus' own people. And yet Jesus saw beyond the, 
the sin and the state of his life that he was trapped in and that he'd, you know, and, and he'd chosen, you know, and we think of the consequences of his poor choices of his life. And yet Jesus came to him and, and looked at him and saw the potential and said, called him, follow me. And it says immediately, you know, Levi got up and followed him. I think of that name, Levi, you know, and the Levites, the family of Levi, they were called, you know, to minister to the Lord. That was their calling. And how far had had Matthew fallen from, you know, that real calling of God, of to God's people to be, you know, a minister to the Lord. But here you've got Jesus, you know, restoring him, calling him. And, um, and and Matthew invites him, you know, right, come come to my house. And, and he has a party, if you like, with all of his fellow tax collectors. You know, they're all sort of rejected and yet um, and yet, you know, often rejected and people gather together, you know, because no one else likes them. And, and so, well, we may as well hang out together. And it says the tax collectors and sinners. So. When we think of sinners, I mean, we're all sinners, aren't we? You know, because we're born in sin and we're sinners. And now as Christians, we're forgiven sinners. So everyone's sinners. But but when sinners is used in this case, you're talking again about people who are outcasts from the community. They have, you know, they, they've lived such a lifestyle that they, they can't be involved in the synagogue. They can't be involved in, in the community life and they're, they're outcasts and so you've got the outcasts you've got the traitors and the tax collectors and they're all having a party with Jesus wow and the disciples so I've gone on for quite a while there Pastor Akin yeah. wow. any thoughts that's, to that's add amazing yeah, that's amazing Pastor I mean I mean that's that absolutely uh, spot on you know I, um, same comment I was reading not not the same comment that you read, but a similar comment mm. that would have said that um you know that Levi, like you rightly said, he would have been cast out of the synagogue. You know, he said that not only him, him, but also his family. They would have been considered as outcasts and, um, you know, untouchables, if you like, because of the of the work that they were doing. They were, if you like, collaborating with the Roman Empire, mm. and um, they would have been seen as um, being, uh, like you rightly said, as as traitors. And it's just interesting in verse again. We look at verse thirteen. It says um, that the large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. And again. You know, Mark is a man, like you said, that the gospel is one of action, isn't it? Immediately, yeah. this and this. It doesn't go into the dialogue. But again, you're thinking, what kind of things was Jesus teaching them? And I can, you can see that Jesus was always kind of like, you know, he would say something, and it's like you rightly said, but then he would always back his words up with actions, wouldn't he? Yeah. So you can almost see him teaching them to say, you know, that he's come, I've come to save the lost, I've come for the sinners. Yeah. Yeah. And then he backs that up with action. I mean, he doesn't say that here. But I, I'm just using my imagination to say this. What was the sort of thing was he teaching them about? Yes, yes. That this kingdom is for all of you. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, your tax collectors, your, um, you know, your lepers, or you know, you're seen as um, outcast, whatever, for whatever reason. The kingdom of God is for all of you. And then he he backs that up by calling Levi, uh, you know, a, a tax collector, and says, "Look, come on, Levi, come and follow me." And um, again, what, what you what, what I was reading there that what he gave up that um, he he had probably had a very lucrative business being a tax collector because he would have been taking more than he was entitled to he would have been quite a rich man and um it, it, one of the comments i was reading was said that he probably gave up more than the other disciples did in terms of the material things that he abandoned it's like it's just like somebody being you know the head of a you know a very successful company and jesus just comes by one day and says you know come and follow me and he just abandoned the the company and he just start following him that he gave all of that up 
And they said that this party day was, it might have even been a, a, a send-off party, a farewell party. They said, look, guys, <laughs> I'm done with this yeah. tax collecting now. Yeah. I'm following Jesus now. Yes, and, absolutely. Um, yeah. I like that. <laughs> and that's it. I'm off. Yeah. And uh, he, so, like, he, he said he invited all, all of his friends along. And again, it was just saying that. And there were many, and, and talking about many of these tax collectors and many of these, as you said, quote, unquote, sinners that were following Jesus. Mm. And again, you know, it just pre presents... Of us as a church, yeah. that challenge to say, does, do really we does. attract yes. people who feel That's like they've fine. been rejected yeah. by society? Yeah. Do we attract those people? Yes. Are they attracted to the mm. Jesus that's in us, the Christ that's in the church, yeah. you know, the Spirit of God? Because they, they again, like we said before, they wouldn't have been following him if he was judging them and condemning yeah. them and criticizing yeah. them and pointing all their thoughts out. They wouldn't be, you wouldn't follow someone around who was doing that. Yeah. But if he was giving them hope, you know, if yeah. he was giving them hope, if he was yeah. presenting a message to them Loving that involved them, them rather yeah. than excluded them, yes. then that's yes, the sort yes. of message that, and messenger that they would want to follow. And that was yeah. why, you know, we probably can see that's why Levi left that business. You know, why would he leave a lucrative business? That's right. You know, to follow somebody yeah. who was going to criticize him and judge him and condemn that's him right. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, in reading this, I do, I do see that that's a challenge. And again, I see the challenge of... Um, you know, the Pharisees saying, well, no, why is he eating with these sinners? Yeah. You know, and that's almost like, you know, uh, you know, we don't want to be, we don't want to go down that, that route of where, where if we see, um, you know, our, our brothers and sisters reaching out to people and we're saying, well, no, why are you talking to that person? Don't you know that this person did this or they said that or they, they mm. follow this? Because, we, you know, it, it's so easy. Sometimes that line is so easy to cross that line where it's true, like you said, where we're, we're um, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And yeah. in trying sometimes to separate ourselves from the things of the world, that we don't separate ourselves from the people. The practices, yeah. mm -hmm. yes, the, the, you know, the, maybe the thoughts and the actions, yes, we want to be, we, obviously we're not going to be doing all of those things, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but not from the people. And, it's, and we, need the, the, we need God's help to do that. That's what I believe, that we need the, the help of the Holy Spirit. We do, to help we need wisdom. So that we, we, so that we are still relevant to the yeah. people, so that we still present because at the, the end of the day, it says that, that there were many of those people that were following Jesus. Yeah. So um, it's a challenge for us how, yeah. you know, we are going to be like Jesus and not like yeah. the Pharisees and not be saying, oh, why are you eating with us? Why are you, you know, why are you going to their home? Why are you inviting them to your home? Why yes. are you yeah. you're having a, you know, why why do you have a friendship with these sort of people? Mm. And that's the, that's the, the challenge that's, that I believe that is presented us here. And like you rightly said about the Pharisees as well, they started off with their thoughts, didn't they? But yeah. now they've started talking now, yeah. you know, asking the challenging the disciples, you know, why is your master doing mm. this? And as, we, as we're going to see later on, the, you know, the thoughts, then the words, and then the actions. They just yeah. went in that in, in that. Um, yeah. It's a great challenge. Uh, you know, Jesus, our example, and we're called to be like him, absolutely. And, and we have him in us. So if we're expressing him and, and walking in his ways and, and you know, um, having his attitude and love towards others. You know, can we really say, you know, I am a friend of sinners. I have sinners as friends that I'm reaching out to, you know, or, or, or shall I say, yeah, it's finding that balance, you know, that, that, that um, or even Bright City Church, can Bright City Church say that it is friendly and a place where, you know, rejected people and people who feel, you know, that have been rejected by society are, 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 are feel drawn towards or can find love, hope, acceptance, the love of God. Um, you know, we need to ask ourselves those questions. Uh, now, you've got the spectrum of if you're hanging out with 
worldly people because you want to be worldly, because you enjoy that worldly behavior, because, you know, you, you, and you're not bringing anything to them, then that is wrong. You know, that, that's, it's, this is not what we're talking about. We took, Jesus, while he was the friend of sinners, he was at the, the meal, the party, yet he was sharing the good news. He, was, he, was, he wasn't compromising. He wasn't behaving badly. He wasn't joining in with what they were doing. He was, you know, he was ministering to them, setting them free and loving them. So we've got to get that right. But um, it's finding that balance. And as you say, God will help us. Um, but we mustn't be so removed from the world, so different, so separate, so self-righteous, so um, holy and religious that, you know, that nobody would ever darken our doors or come near us and people would feel very uncomfortable being anywhere near us. And, and you know, we have to be honest and ask ourselves, you know, well, you know, and, and evaluate and assess where we are on this kind of spectrum, you know, and and I think it's a good challenge and, and, and God will help us going forward. Interestingly, coming through the lockdown and, and we'll be moving into, you know, a fresh expression as Bright City Church. And, and it's an opportunity, isn't there, to, um, you know, to maybe, as you say, uh, evaluate, and look at ourselves and, and, you know, fix some things that are out of kilter where we've maybe become too separate from people in need. And, and, you know, we're here with the mission for the people. We're to be reaching out to those, the lost, the, those in great need, just like we were. So it's a, it's a good challenge. It's a great challenge. Well, we've come to quarter two, so it come to the end. We're, we're making good headway. Um, any any. Final thoughts, Pastor Akin? I think I'll, I'll just, just just one thing, Pastor. As you, as you just yeah. said, as, we, as a church coming out of lockdown, there, mm. I remember many years ago, Pastor posed a question. He says, if your church closes down today, he says, will anyone in your community know about it? Right, that's a great question. Leave on that one, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Lord, we thank you for that challenge. And uh, Lord, help us, lead us, Fill us afresh with your spirit that we would be indeed, you know, friends of those in great need. They would feel your love in us. They would be drawn to you in us. Lead us forward in this, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thanks everyone for joining us. And uh, we're through to about... Verse 17, 18 in chapter 2. What a question, Pastor Akin. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. Um, ask Pastor Mary there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great. God bless you all and thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week as we continue our study of Mark. Thanks, Pastor Akin. Thank you, Pastor. Bye, everyone.